You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. All right, my favorite mother-daughter duo. Hello. Hello. Peggy Curry, <laughs> published author. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's a dream come true. Who would have thought? A kid growing up told you could never write your whole life writes a fucking book, right? <laughs> this is so to all good. those people that you were told you can't do it. You can. Mm, I love that. What does it feel like for you to finally birth this thing and not actually have a child come out of you, but a book that you've been putting all of your time and energy into? Oh my gosh. So like literally as you're saying that is like tears come to my eyes because it is so emotional for me. There's so many layers there, but what it feels like is it's an emotional release. Like I was saying today, I feel this sense of calm. It's like, you know, when you work so hard towards something, it finally shows up. It's almost like, oh, okay, I've arrived. And, um, when everyone looks at it and touches the book, they go, oh my God, it touches their heart and soul because the way we were able to actually design it and put the love into it and people just get it right then and there. They're like, oh, wow, I can eat this food. I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. Meg, I I saw so many different you know, videos on, on social media of your sisters and seeing the book for the first time and watching Alex just start crying as she's holding it. And, uh, you know, I've known your family for a while now and it's so special for me to witness, but I am just curious what it's like for you to watch your mom really step into her light and have this thing that she has cared about for so long that has been implemented into your life, into your health journey now actually be something that people can hold and use in their lives and with their families. Oh my gosh, totally. It's so, well, us working together, it's like I've been a part of this process. It's definitely Peg's book, but it's been so many iterations of this to get it to this point where it is today. Like I always say the book, the idea of this book is what brought us together to work together. So it really was such a catalyst for Curry Girls Kitchen and what we were creating together. And I always say it's such a, it's been such a labor of love and has taken us on such a journey. What we thought would be one thing has completely changed to something else. And it's fun to see, like, I've always believed in my mom. I've always believed in it because I've been on the back end. So I've seen it. I've seen the iterations. And so it's really amazing to, um, it's like validating. And also just like, yes, we knew what we were doing was right. Because when you, you show it to somebody else, it's like any piece of art, you know, like it's very personal and it's very intimate. And like, you literally put your heart and soul into something and then to have it be well-received or just have people look at it and be like, it's exactly what you envisioned. You couldn't wish for anything more. So it's really, it's really special. And I mean, as a daughter and a business partner, I'm just, I'm so proud. I love that so much. Pegs, I know that this has not necessarily been the easiest process for you. I'm lucky enough to hear all the back end bullshit <laughs> of everything you've gone on. Um, and I know that this has been something you know, that has tested your patience and has really taught you a lot. And you 
you did a really beautiful, um, I don't know if it was a live or an IGTV that I watched, but you did this beautiful live about what you had learned in this process and you're holding the book talking. And it was so genuine. I felt it through the screen. I just, I felt your heart and I felt the ups and downs and I felt the way you just continued to show up. And so I'm just so curious when you do something like this, what what has this taught you about patience and resilience and continuing to move forward even through moments of frustration and no's and fuck, this isn't working? <laughs> yeah, the ups and downs and everything. I mean, I think the one thing is when you know something is so right, it's like, I know I've always said I came here on purpose. I'm here on purpose. I'm doing the work of my purposeful, you know, whatever that is. Well, we know what it is. It's, you know, it's all around helping people heal and feel good and light themselves up in the kitchen and nourish themselves. And so all of that, when I, when I know that this book is going to help so many people, that's the motivation. That's the thing that has kept me going for so many years. And when it comes to patience and resilience, Trust is another one of my words. My entire life, I think, has been built around patience. Uh, for me, the whole time is like, is this really going to happen? Because I had these beliefs. I had these beliefs of, you know, A, am I good enough? B, I've been told my whole life that I couldn't write. C, it's like everyone that I've worked with over the years, hundreds of people have like shown up and go, so when is the coming? When is the book coming? And, you know, then what you do is you get to this place in the process of the actual creating this book. So we chose to self-publish. And so the self-publishing world, you, you know, I've never done anything like this before. And so, you know, they tell you how easy it is, but, you know, we know easy is all relative, <laughs> right? Um, and the other piece that had really played on the resilience and the patience part is that to, in today's world, nobody picks up the phone. Everything is done via, you know, email. So where one thing should take like, you know, a minute to just, you know, get yourself the answer, it'll take three days. So talk about patience, talk about understanding, you know, how this whole time is coming. And I have this timeline because, you know, they tell you when you're publishing book, you have to have your marketing plan and you have to have all these things in order. And we've got it all timed out perfectly. And it doesn't work that way. So what I had to learn is around the patience and the resilience and the trust came down to surrender and let go. That for me, I had to understand this. There's a higher power at work here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's happening, Peggy. Trust that it's happening. The patience is there. Everything is going to work out, but maybe not in your timeline. Maybe not in your time frame. And that is so hard. You know, it's a really hard thing at my age anyway, to, to learn, to, to trust so much at that deep level that it's, it's happened and now let it just kind of flow the way it's supposed to be. You know, God has a plan. Yeah. And I mean, I know you guys have talked about this quite a bit and Megan has been on the show. Megan was one of my first guests. 
Mm-hmm. I remember for my podcast yeah. and we recorded it at your house. That was so special. Um, and so Meg and I have talked pretty extensively about really where all of this was birthed from and the health issues that your family was experiencing. And I, I know Peggy, you went through things with your mom and just learned a lot. And it, it lit a fire within both of you to use food as medicine and to really heal on a very holistic cellular level. So I want to go back, you know, to the beginning and having young children and and everything that you guys went through as people were diagnosed with different things and gluten intolerance became more prevalent in your home. How did this all kind of come to fruition? Where did this begin? Well, um, it actually started. So Tim and I are celebrating 50 years. Wow. (laughs) Yes. This November. So, yeah. So, um, Tim and I both, when we first came together, I um, learned shortly thereafter, I started having like severe panic disorder and it was diagnosed and I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. I mean, like all these digestive issues. Then here's Tim, you know, we're like, he's a senior in high school and he's experiencing, he's had years and years of migraine headaches. And then he gets this elephantitis. So Literally, our journey together began with these health issues. And we had no clue, and doctors couldn't help us even then. So, even then, we started going and working with herbologists and acupuncturists and trying to get his things done. And then, when no doctors could help me with my anxiety, you know, they were sending me to psychiatrists and they were putting me on medications and all of that. Finally, we get to this place of understanding that the food has always been the root cause, but we still don't know quite enough. So then we fast forward and we start having children, right? And we still exhibit, you know, he still has his facial, you know, swellings, elephantitis. He still has his migraines. I still have, you know, a little bit of panicking, but it's gotten much better because we've changed and shifted the foods that we were eating, but it still isn't like perfect as we should say. So now we have four daughters, Megan, when Megan came along, well, actually we didn't have four daughters yet. When Megan was born, she was born with all these different things, heart murmurs. She was always sick. She was colicky. She was so many different things as a child, chronic ear infections. And they wanted to, you know, do surgery. So we had the first surgery, but it kept happening. And thank God I had a pediatrician that was willing to work with me and work with Chinese medicine so that I could put her on herbs instead of constantly having her go through all of these, you know, surgeries at a young age. It started at three months old. So by the time she was two, We really were in a groove with a great acupuncturist and Chinese herbologist that actually helped us with her ear infections. And literally the day before a surgery, the doctor was like, wait a minute, what have you been doing? What changed? Because something's working in her ears. You don't need a surgery. This is a Cedar sinus doctor that literally told me, keep doing what you're doing. It's working. Like that was such a huge gift. Wow. Our pediatrician did the same thing. None of these Western medicine doctors could help us. But when they saw the result that I was having with Megan at the age of, you know, two, three years old, that trajected me onto, okay, 
I have to do more research. I have to do more fact-finding. And even back then, that was, you know, almost 30 years ago, there really wasn't much happening. And so then we started having more kids. And each of us still having all of our symptoms, you know, we, we would have symptoms and people would say to us, oh, you're so healthy. Why? What's the matter? You know? But then really fast forward, Megan, you know, I would take her to everything in the search of how are we going to figure out why Megan is always so sick? And by the time she was in eighth grade, she had seen literally every alternative medicine doctor in LA, Chinese acupuncturists, herbologists, people that did specialize and think nothing was helping. So I finally said, I'm like, you know, Meg, you're you're going to be going into high school soon. And I really had this intuitive feeling like if I continue to say no and make food this like really bad thing for her, I just said to her, I said, Meg, you know what? I'm going to release you now. You know, at 13, what you can eat, what makes you sick. What we're going to eat in this house is, you know, this is what we're going to follow. But outside of the house, you're free reign. You got to figure this out for yourself, you know? So four years later, come, she's coming into her senior year now. She's really wreaked havoc on her body because she's, you know, she's gone rogue. When she's out of the house, she eats what she wants. She does what she wants. And she's a senior now in high school. And we've gone on a vacation with a family. We come back and she's so sick, like so sick. We have a week. I'm like playing shaman woman. I got my shamans in there. I don't want to take her to the hospital. Her hair's, you know, falling out. She has all kinds of, you know, infections in her body. and. I'm like, I don't know what to do, but we're going to, we're going to get through this. And, you know, we're also talking about going away to college out of state. And I'm like, Hey, can you imagine being this sick and being away? We got to figure this out. Literally I'm working. Cause I'm also teaching cooking at the same time that this is all going on. And I was working with all of these celiac moms to help them get their food be better. I'm telling them what's happening with my daughter. And they're like, Peggy, you got to get tested. You got to get tested for gluten intolerance. Now, ever did any doctor ever say this to me in 17 years? Get Shut tested. the fuck up. No one. Maybe she's celiac. Maybe she, not one. It was my clients that gave me the gift. And so literally I said, okay, let's do it. I'll do it with you. <laughs> I have, you know, cause I'm messed up in my own way with all my yeah. stuff and we'll just see, you know, because then I had done some research and we know it's, it's hereditary. We all get tested. Megan has it. Tim has it. I have it. So we both have it. So then our kids have like, you know, all of us have the gluten intolerance gene. None of us have celiac, but we all react differently. And so from that moment forth, we sat everyone down and we just said, hey, you guys, you know what? We can heal our intestines. And at the end of the day, we might, we won't be able to go back and eat gluten ever again, but we can eat cheese again. <laughs> so we really wanted to heal our small intestines and our body. And so that's what we did. We healed. And within three months, everyone was feeling different, looking different. Tim, the biggest skeptic was so funny. I'll, I'll never forget this. We're on a soccer field and all of a sudden he's like, he's whispering to me, it's working. I'm like, what's working? Like, you know, it's out of context. And he's like, this whole thing, my joints don't hurt. Cause like literally we were waking up like we were 80 year olds 
because our joints hurt. He still was having headaches. And within three months, he had not one migraine, not one. And from that moment forth, and now we're 15 years later, no more migraines. None of us have any symptoms. I have been symptom-free for, you know, all of my um, severe panic disorder. Uh, The kids, you know, really no one has had any symptoms. Megan is thriving as a human. And that's to me what put her over the edge of like, you know what, this shit works. Food is such a big piece of the puzzle with our health. And that's really right there from all those years, every recipe, every information that's gone into this book, you know, it's going to help so many people understand at a deeper level how important food is and how it really is our hero for our healing. Well, if this isn't one of my favorite conversations ever, I don't know what is. I love these two so much. And I want to just take a brief pause to tell you about some brands that I feel like really align with this conversation as we talk about nourishing ourselves on a cellular level, getting to the root cause, all of that. Um, I have been talking a lot about Everyday Dose, and I believe so, so fully in the power of mushrooms and the way they heal our bodies. I have not only been someone who microdoses psilocybin um, for a lot of different healing properties and experiences, but also making sure that I'm getting really amazing mushroom blends on a daily basis to help with my immune system, to help with inflammation, to really regulate my system in every way, um, including my hormones. I'm a huge fan of what Everyday Dose has done, especially when it comes to people who have trouble with sleep or anxiety. If you're getting a ton of caffeine and you're shaking and you have jitters and you have anxiety all day, it is time to get the fuck off of your moldy ass coffee. Okay? I'm just going to say it. Let's turn to something that actually does something positive for your body. Everyday Dose is a coffee alternative. It has a third of the caffeine of coffee, has functional ingredients, not only just mushrooms, but collagen, nootropics. I kid you not, it is the most focused, the most lasting focus and energy I have ever experienced. And I don't stay up at night because my body is still shaking from my second 11 a.m. moldy coffee. Yes, I used to do that and it's gross. So highly recommend this. On top of it being amazing, they're also giving you freaking 65% off your first order. So go to everydaydose.com, put in the code Kelly T and you'll get 65% off um, on their starter kit. That's everydaydose.com. Use the code Kelly T. Okay, I also want to talk to you about cured. I love me some cured so much. So I take everything that cured has to offer, uh, including the salve that you put on your body, the CBD salve um, that helps with relaxation and sore muscles and all of that stuff. But I really want to talk to you about raw. Um, Here's the thing. There are some companies out there that shall remain nameless that make gummies and that's cute but um most products like this are trash they have fake processed ingredients they have sugar 
they're probably inflammatory. Cured wouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's probably trash and it's probably inflammatory and it's probably adding to your problem rather than helping you. This is why I love Cured. All of their products are minimally processed and the ingredients that they actually put in them are for a reason. They're naturally good for your entire being. They go through this entire like label disclosure so you know actually what you're getting. This is not fake CBD. This is not um, some random hemp seed oil that people say is CBD and is not. Um, They also are a sustainable, locally sourced company. So they do everything they can um, to make sure they're getting it in the backyard in Colorado, not from some manufacturer that they have no relationship with. And they also have third-party testing. I love raw because it actually works. I've taken CBD before many years of my life and always hoped to feel better, find relief, and it just didn't happen. And I take raw every single morning uh, between two to four capsules. And if I wake up with a headache, if I wake up with tightness, if my body doesn't feel good, I swear this helps so much. So I'm so excited to be sharing Cured with you. They are an incredible company run by two of our dear, dear friends here in Colorado. And we truly believe in everything they do because this shit fucking works, period. So if you want to try out Cured, go to curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com. Use the code Kelly T. You'll get 10% off plus free shipping. So go over there and try it out right now. Holy shit. Okay. So I heard mom's version. Loved it. Peggy, that was so good. Uh, Meg, I want to hear from the child's version of suffering and then being a fucking little shithead doing whatever you wanted and wreaking havoc on your own body which I mean hi I've done that too so I get it (laughs) and then realizing okay gluten is a no-go for me and that transition what what was your side of the story like well I think everyone can kind of relate to this when we're kids like all we're trying to do is like create our own identity from our parents so for me we were talking about this just the other day, you know, in a family dynamic, it's really interesting, especially with four kids, four girls, four daughters. You ought to imagine we're all pining for the attention of our parents. And with my mom that worked, my dad who worked really hard as well, who was gone most of the week, but was home for the dinners and stuff. So there's like a short periods of time I'm getting with my parents. I was somebody that my time was spent because I was at doctor's appointments. I was always getting pulled out of school. I was always going to, like she said, all these crazy doctors. Like I have the most vivid memories of walking into these like random houses somewhere in Santa Monica, getting out of her van, being like, do we have to go in here? And it's like walking through a room of plants with herbs all over the walls. And I'm like, where are we? This is weird. Like I knew that from like a young kid, like just being like, okay, this is what we're doing today. Oh, like, like being embarrassed, sharing my friends. I'm like, yeah, I get acupuncture. And they're like, what? I was like, well, they put needles on me. They're like, what are you like? Like witch? Like what? Like it was just so foreign foreign and out of context for so many people. They just didn't understand it, but that was my life growing up. So I was always very, um, secretive and reserved, I guess you could say about my health. And then especially a dynamic with my mom that's now as an adult looking back, I can be like, she's trying her best to heal me. But as a young kid, 
I'm just comparing myself to my sisters. Like, well, why can they do this? And I can't like, we're literally the same, but like, I can't do that. I can't have that. And it didn't help that my older sister really rubbed it in my face and teased me. So it was like, I just wanted to be normal. Like that's like, I think every kid can relate to that. Like every person can relate to that. Like you just want to fit in, especially during those awkward years of development. Like you're just trying to just like, like not ruffle the feathers of anybody and just go with the flow. Um, And so I remember then also then going through puberty and when it got to the point where I started to be just really fed up and also that relationship I had created with food was so strained and not how other people would feel that I never felt nourished from food. It always hurt my stomach. It always was some negative effect. The food that I wanted to eat, I could never have. Um, And I was very aware of that. And I also was very aware of like that it didn't make me feel good. Like it made me tired. It made me this. And so I at that point was just very restrictive. And then of course, as we get older and you go through all of those changes, I started restricting and I started binging and I started being even more secretive around the food because at that point it was like, I was just so at war with this and so tired of it being the same narrative. Like, oh, when my mom was like, you are do whatever you want. I'm like, you bet your ass I'm going to do whatever I want because up until this point, being so restrictive hasn't helped me. Like, why am I going to continue suffering in this form? Might as well be in a different way of form of doing it and at least feel like I'm enjoying it. You know, like I say that in air quotes, like I'm having a good time, but really what it was, it was one less brown paper bag lunch. I'm throwing away of my mom's and like trying to grab pizza at the school cafeteria. Like there's just like things like that, that I was trying to figure it out myself. Um, and I think I did. I think as like a kid, I I resented her in a way of like, why are you doing this to me? Like, you're doing this to me. And that takes a lot of maturity and just growing up to realize that like, and nothing's done to you. It's like a perspective, you know, but like at that point, that's what it felt like. And um, by the time that I had gotten so sick, I needed to hit my rock bottom. My mom had to let me go. I always say now, like, I'm so grateful that food, this, my health was it because I know I can change it. I know I can heal from it. And thank God this was my struggle because I could use, I could use it to help others and help my, truly help myself. And I needed to make myself so sick. I needed to get myself to that place for me to look at her to ask for her help again, to be like, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm actually ready to now get better because for so long I identified as that sick kid. I identified as that was the only way I got attention. That was my only one-on-one time with mom. Like, which is as sad as that is when you have children, I don't, but I know like in the dynamic of being that sibling and the sisters, you cherish that time, no matter where you get it from. And that's how I think as adults, we even, you, we might not realize it, but that's how you get, how you have relationships. And so I was ready to no longer have that be my relationship with my mom. I wanted it to be something different. And I no longer wanted that to be my story. And it took me getting so sick and literally having one of her shaman doctors look at me saying, you're either going to get better or you won't. And hearing that at 16, 
is terrifying hearing that you're going to get better or like connect the dots, you die. Like if you don't get better, you're like, that's not what it is. And I was like, holy shit. It's no longer her problem. It's my problem. I need to do something about this. And I was ready. So I am grateful that that was like kind of how I'm grateful it played out the way it did as challenging as it was. It was all on purpose because then I could come back and really receive the help that she was giving me my entire life. Yeah. You know, um, Peggy, hearing this uh, sort of tears me up listening to Meg talk about this. Um, I remember when I found out I was gluten intolerant, I wasn't it wasn't until I was 19. I was at USC. Um, and when I got really sick and my chronic illness journey started, um, and I remember calling my mom and saying, mom, I figured out part of what's going on. I am allergic to gluten. It makes me really sick. And I remember my mom being so upset with herself and she was like, but I fed you bagels and pasta every day because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And she's like, I feel like I've been like poisoning you for your whole life. And it didn't really hit me then. I mean, I immediately was like, mom, you didn't know, like we didn't know, you know, but there's like this level of mom guilt um, that I will hopefully soon learn about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's like a level of mom guilt, especially when you have children who are sick and you don't know what's wrong and you're running around to fucking every shaman doctor in LA trying to figure it out. And you're you you're doing the best you can, but you don't have answers. And I just want to speak to that because I I feel like there are so many moms in that position, um, probably listening to this and have experienced it maybe as the child as well. How do we how do we speak to that mom and make sure that she doesn't take on all of that guilt and all of that burden on herself and know that she really has been doing her best? And the more you know, the better you can do moving forward. I am so grateful that you're talking about this. Oh, I would teach these cooking classes in my house, right? And I would also speak at the um, preschool with like hundreds of moms. And, And I would teach them this new information, this new way of looking at food. And so it was like really hard um to have moms understand that a like you said you're doing the best you, you can b you have new information that i'm sharing with you that now is going to change the way you think about food feel with food cook food shop for food and what i want you to understand is that it's a slow baby step process. You've been doing this for X amount of years, right? And this is what you know. And it's the, probably the way your mom did it with you because that's there's no classes on parenting and cooking parents. And, you know, this is how you raise a kid. There's no handbook, right? <laughs> That'll be my next book, Raising Children. Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, where is it, Pegs? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And so... This is what is so great is to get moms and dads and parents understanding, number one, what you feed yourself, how you model food, how you feed your food, how you gather with your family. All of that is so critical, but it's going to take practice. 
you having an attitude, oh, food's really important. Yeah, it is. Oh, the kind of food is really important. The ingredients are important. And the biggest important thing is sitting down at a table together and eating it. So it's like you're putting your energy into your food. It's going into your families. It slowly changes. And what I know from all the parents that I've done this with, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, they come back and say, like, even after two or three times, kids go, oh, my God, we're sitting at the table with my family. I have undivided attention. Phones are out. Nothing. TV, nothing on. We're actually sitting, communicating, connecting as a family you know, and then eating this really yummy food that, that the energy is just like electrifying, Mm. you know? And so to the moms out there, that's in the past. We don't need to live in the past. We live in the present and we just move forward. And that's what this cookbook is in there is the gem of chapter two called the kind method, the kind method. And we want to be kind to ourselves. Kitchen improvements to nourish daily. Improvements. We're just improving on what we know. We're getting little tidbits of information of, oh, why do I want to eat organic? Why do I want to, if I have a farmer's market, shop locally and get this local delicious whole food seasonally? Why do I want to read my ingredient labels to make sure that there's nothing that I can't even recognize in there? There's all these little tidbits of information because that's me. I'm an educator. I love teaching this shit, you know? And it's at first feels overwhelming, but when you get into this groove, it's so doable. It's so doable. And then the best part is, is the results that you get. You start feeling different. You start feeling better. Your kids aren't is sick. I'll I'll never forget this one parent was like, I had just done her whole house. We did this private. And the mom was like, a couple months later, it was like December or something, cold and flu season. She goes, my kids never got sick, never got cold and flu. I'm like, yeah, right. Because their bodies aren't battling what they're eating inside. They're putting these like, you know, immune supporting, nutrient rich, delicious foods. And yes, there are treats. There's a whole chapter of treats in the book because I believe that we all deserve to be celebrated and every day is a celebration, right? We never know. So to be able to have your kids come home to a home-baked goodie, whether it's a cookie or a treat, it's like, yeah, because bottom line is with families, and I want all moms out there to hear this, food is love. Food is emotional. It's it's part of, look, when you come out and, and the food from the mom's breast you're, you're nourishing them from the moment they are born and it doesn't change. Even when they leave the house and they come back and we have birthday celebrations and we're laughing and giggling and we're eating this yummy food. And it's like every one of my kids loves to cook now because of it. So it's yeah. just putting your priorities into place, shifting the perspective, having this attitude of this is important. This is like really important information and I need to jump on the bandwagon. So we're talking about Peggy being the mom that we never had, the mom that's willing to have hard conversations, who really serves as a guide and a mentor and just the best 
the best woman. Um, and so that makes me want to talk to you about this incredible company that I've partnered with. I am obsessed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. They make the best products, but that's not why I'm here. I am here talking about Yoni Pleasure Palace because their founder, Rosie Reese, is so obsessed with education and destigmatizing pleasure and sexuality. This is at the core of everything she does. Yes, she makes the best sex toys and products out there. But at the very core of who she is, she truly cares about educating people and helping us feel safer and in more pleasure in our own bodies. And that I am freaking here for. So I told you guys a few weeks ago about my first time trying the Yoni egg that I was deeply, deeply scared about. I have the rose quartz one and it's little. And I thought, well, what if this gets trapped in my vagina and then I can never get it out? Let me tell you, so easy to get out. Don't have a fucking panic attack. You just stick your finger up there like you're going to play with yourself and you just go ahead and I bared down a little bit and she just came right on out so smoothly. And then you wash her and everything's great. I have put it in a handful of times now for about 30 minutes and I swear to God, it is hitting my G spot. I don't know if that's actually what's happening, but it is definitely activating all the muscles inside of my vagina. Um, you know, all those Kegels and things. I don't feel like I actually have to do that. <laughs> it's just, it's doing something and I really like it. So I'm not going to complain about it. Um, but I love everything that Yoni Pleasure Palace creates. Um, I have a handful of different things. I'm loving the Yoni egg. Um, and we also have, uh, you know, the sacred squirter and the waterproof squirt blanket. So you are covered and everything is made of glass and crystal and is 100% body safe and hypoallergenic. You can use it with any lubricant. Um, so I'm just so excited to be sharing this with you. So if you want to try out, anything from Yoni Pleasure Palace, you can go to Yoni Pleasure Palace, Y-O-N-I PleasurePalace.com. Use the code Kelly T and you'll get 10% off your order. Enjoy. Meg, you guys, you've worked with so many clients over the years um, in so many different capacities and also being someone who has dealt with, you know, chronic inflammation and all of the different issues we've been talking about. I know that was part of my journey as well is realizing, okay, food is medicine. I'm transitioning into this new way of living. And it's like you said, it can be really overwhelming. I'm curious. I know that this is such a guide and resource, which is why this fucking book is so epic. Um, what is it that people can do to prepare themselves and really set themselves up for success utilizing this, but also just within their lives to make the transition into feeling better and making new choices? Oh, it's so good. I think a lot of times is we limit ourselves in believing that we can get better because you've heard it so many times. Like, I don't know, like we said in the beginning with the doctor saying like, we don't know what's wrong. Um, really, I think it all starts from the mindset that like you want to get better because we've had plenty of clients where we've gone into their home and done this and they just go right back because at the end of the day, it's like you want somebody to do it for you. You want that quick fix. You want, we're a society where we're take a pill to cover up what it is. We're, we're all about the band-aids and we don't want to get to the root cause. And it's annoying to hear that at times, <laughs> but the reality is, is 
it's an investment. You have to you have to want to invest in yourself. You have to want to do this because like you said it's a lifestyle. This isn't a diet. This isn't a fad. This isn't just those we like as our 7-day or 21-day cleanses. This is something to like set you up for a change that is going to be your new habit. That is going to be something that that's what you turn to and to know that every, for everybody it's going to look different and for every situation it's going to be you're going there's going to be temptations and you're going to break it and come back to it and that's life and you forgive yourself and move on and it's not you throw in the towel being like oh I had a piece of bread and this is it it's like oh no now we're going to go back to this um it's that grace like giving yourself grace of getting an understanding because I always say this transition in my life is what taught me self-awareness. It's what reconnected me to my body. It's what got me to listen to what worked best for me versus what people were telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's priceless. Meg and I are, we are the sisterhood, right? Us and the girls. And um, Peggy is our honorary member. Well, we, Meg got off the call last night because y'all were going to make Tim's birthday dinner. And so then we went ahead and talked behind your back. All loving things, of course. Um, But Peggy, we were talking about you because I know that this is so true for your family. There, you know, Meg talks about like sister number 13 because you got all these girls coming into the house like, am I the next honorary sister? Please adopt me. Um, And I know we have all done that within our group. But we were talking about how it's just so important to have someone to look to for guidance and answers. And not all of us had moms who were available for that. And you know, Carolina and I were talking about it and we just said, you know, our moms did their best, but they just weren't available. They didn't prepare us. We didn't have hard conversations around certain things. And I think that that Peggy is really one of your most amazing gifts is that you're really willing to go there. And I bring that up because I think of this book as, you know, so many of us feel really alone and isolated, especially in our health journeys when we're sick and we don't have someone to look to. And I think what you do is you make people feel like they are being held, even if they don't actually know you. And I feel like this book is an extension of that and who you are is I am here to hold you in this process and you are not alone and I will show you the way and I will guide you and you can learn from my mistakes. And I think that that is so, so important to bring up because I want people to understand that this is a guide and a resource, but this is also something that will make you feel very safe and very held in an extremely sacred way. And yes, it's about food, but I think that you really transcend recipes and food. There is a sense of community and welcoming and love within this. And I, I want people to understand that about that, about this book, um, because I think isolation just becomes so prevalent when we're going through our health journeys. Um, it, that, what you just said really speaks to my heart because I think when you ask Megan about, you know, I just want to feel normal. I just want to, it's, it's not necessarily a blending in, but I, I, you know, this feeling that she's caused so much heartache growing up with having to, you know, make mom take me all these places. It It's not a conscious, it's a subconscious, you know? And what you just said is so true because um, we all just want to feel seen, heard, held, you know? 
Pegs is the mom to everybody. That's what I say. I was like, I literally <laughs> created Curry Girls, Pla- Curry Girls Kitchen's platform, our Instagram and everything so that people could have access because <laughs> that's like what you said. My girlfriends would come over and talk to my mom about sex ed and everything. My mom did it to so many friends. She was the person. And because like, this is what she's always taught us is that there's no judgment. There's no shame. Our table is a safe space for whatever curiosities you have, questions you have. You're so free to be yourself. My youngest sister was literally a boy until she hit puberty. Like she dressed as a boy, played in the boys leagues. Like there was never a like that's what she identified with and that's how we and it was so just open. My mom was always so ahead of her time when it came to um our family dynamics and just like as a human being. I feel like she's been very evolved and like like you always say we always talk about in our sisterhoods like the medicine woman. Like that is pegs, <laughs> like truly. She's created this space that just allows you to really flourish and feel seen and heard if you don't have that anywhere else. And it's so, I'm so lucky I grew up with it. And that's where it's like, for me, I want to share her with everybody because she does, she is such a, she herself is so comforting, especially in something that is so challenging. And you can feel like you've really fucked it up, like what you said with your mom, and you can feel so much guilt and with life and you know, even with us, like in our relationship and what, how we've evolved, it's like, it reminds me of that thing where you think like by getting healthy is going to be it. And it's reminding you that it's that, it's really that journey of getting there. That's what matters. It's those conversations. It's the people you meet along the way, the help that you get. And that's what this book can be for somebody else. It's that support during that transitional period of reclaiming your health so beautiful Mm, I love that okay so I want to finish this off talking about the recipes themselves give us like some glimpses quick hitters into what we can expect okay so turn to my favorite page so so the thing about the book that's different than other recipe books is how I organize my kitchen in order to create sanity because there's Uh, four kids. They're all athletic. We're running to, you know, baseball and soccer and basketball and all these things. And so because I was a special ed school teacher and I had this grid that when my kids would come into the classroom, it was, they, they knew exactly where they had to be at, you know, all day long. Well, so I just took that into my home for what I knew. And I, themed each night of the week. Monday was the day before farmer's market day. Well, I made it Italian. We call it in the book, Mediterranean Monday. Tuesday was taco night. And so like, you know, look at how yummy, right? So good. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a taco. You have to see Wednesday. Pegs is actually showing. (laughs) This is what we had every night of the week, a calendar that it was like, Monday yeah. through Sunday, so everyone themed, knows. and what we were having that night for dinner, where we were, where our practices were, who had to be where, yeah, very organized. And, and then on Sunday, modern. this was the coup de gras was that we would have family meetings, and in the family meeting, besides having we, I homeschooled religion with the kids because you know I'm Jewish, Tim's Catholic, 
that's a whole nother story in itself. But I would always say, okay, what does everyone want for the week? And everyone could pick, oh, can we have this Monday? Can we have this Tuesday? Can we have, you know, so everyone was in that, you know, go to. So it was collaborative. It was a collaborative (laughs) experience within it. So the book is set up into those themed Themed. weeknights. So there's the breakfasts. Well, no. So you have the theme weeknights and then there's a whole chapter on breakfast. And of course, my pitch for hydration and all of those good things. And then lunches, like one of the biggest things that, you know, the first thing when you're first diagnosed gluten-free, you all kind of, what bread am I going to eat? What piece am I going to eat? What treats am I going to eat? What am I going to, I can't eat anything. And so literally this picture made me so happy because you go, I can eat that. It's like just a whole box of sandwiches that look damn good, oh, right? Yeah. Right? I love I know, right? And so it's like, and then the dessert. So it's like, that's what it is. It's breakfast, it's lunches, it's all these meals that are themed. And then we have treats, you know? And so it's that organization, how I set it up is really the sweet spot and, and the secret sauce to damn good gluten-free right there. It's like, okay, we got it. And we make it fun. It's like, who wants to, I don't want to prep. I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh my God, excuse me. We can have fun doing this because life should be fun. Yeah. So that's how the book is broken up. (laughs) Yeah. Anything you want to add about recipes is like, do you make, do you have a favorite one? I would say oh. the, you, it has to start, which I know you've had, Cal. I've made it for you many times. Is it, I feel like the, the foundational recipe of this book and everything is the salad dressing. Our salad oh, dressing. Oh, my God. Is- the salad dressing. <laughs> what the fuck is in that? It's gold, girl. It's- garlic gold. <laughs> so much garlic. So good. Like the lemon, the Dijon. It's just like the most delicious vinaigrette that... It's what Peg's taught to her. She also founded a nonprofit, as you can imagine, as you hear, you hear Peg's has had many, many iterations of this life. Um, Her marinara sauce as well, which she sold nationally. That would be my choice. Like to me, it's like, that's what really got me the catalyst on this food journey besides Megan, you know, um, before that my mom had, um, had breast cancer, fought it for 11 years, died. And so we created Ebby's Garden Organic Marinara Sauce that sold nationally. And so that is one of the other pieces to my puzzle of our health is that I got in with all these natural food, you know, people, and I learned a whole different host of foods. And so Ebby's Garden to me was my impetus in the food industry, in, you know, helping my mom try to help my mom heal didn't really work out that way. Um, But then taking all that information and then using it with my family. Yeah. So the marinara sauce was something that we always had was a staple. My mom was always making this big pot of marinara sauce. She was always gifting it. Oh my God. Um, It was, (laughs) it was really interesting because the way that I think about that marinara sauce, because I was probably in what middle school, high school, middle school, and you were still doing that, selling it nationally. It was 96 is when it started. So maybe a little younger. I was like in elementary (laughs) school. But she, I just remember she'd always talk about it as, okay, we're no longer going to be creating this to donate to cancer research. This food is now preventative. We are using food to prevent so that I hope that none of my four daughters ever get breast cancer, that I don't get breast cancer so I can be here. Because that's what we had lost um, 
her mom too, my Nana. And it was one of those things that was a very um, proactive approach to our health. And so this marinara sauce, it's delicious. And it's pegs, variation of the traditional marinara with all of her (laughs) additions and all the little things. And just, it's so special to get to share that with you guys to have these things. These are like, I think of the family favorites, like the marinara, the salad dressing. These are recipes that we've gotten to share. Taco pie. Taco pie. Taco pie too. With so many people that they get to then try and they're like, what? Like you said, what do you put into that? And it's, it's just so fun to get to see people so excited over these things that excite us so much. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Well, I've been nourished by both of you. So I am so excited to cook from this cookbook. Mm -hmm. And I know you're very passionate about people buying from their local bookstores. Um, It is available on Amazon. Of course, we will link to that. Um, but we all highly encourage all of you to go to your local bookstore and if they don't have it, request it, get it in there, help the book grow. Um, I just want to say, I'm so proud of you. Um, Peggy for doing this, Megan, obviously as your partner in crime and the entire family really contributing to this. I was reading the foreword and all of your sweet notes to, to everyone and your husband and the girls and I'm just so excited for you. And I'm also so fucking excited for everyone who gets to utilize this to change their lives and to enhance what they're already doing. And, um, you know, we've been eating this way for a long time. And so Connor, I went outside and I said, I'm going to have Peggy and Megan on the show. It's the cookbook. And he was like, well, I want to see it. Can we cook from it? So he's very excited as well. So um, I'm so proud of you and congratulations. This is a huge fucking deal and you did it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for having us and sharing this with your community. It's so fun getting to spread the love. Yeah. My pleasure. Love you guys.